0: Frank, it is official. I'm a Mac OS developer.
1: What? You got hired by Apple and you're working on Mac OS?
0: No, I mean okay, I'm I'm a developer that is building Mac OS applications in oh, C Sharp. A,
1: a third party developer and ISV for the Mac platform. Welcome, James. You're on the uh cool rebel side of the uh Star Wars battle. This analogy got out of hand never mind
0: (laughs) no you are correct in in fact i believe the provisioning profile or distribution cert does say third-party app developer for mac os or something crazy like that (laughs) yeah yeah well you got to pay to join the club you still pay right yeah
1: i'm paying i still pay
0: i paid okay yeah It's it's all in one it's all encompassing isn't it
1: yeah, if you're an iOS developer, you're also a Mac developer. Whether you released a Mac app or not, you're a Mac developer. But today I guess you graduated to full Mac developer because I saw on the tweeters that you submitted an
0: app. Yes, I submitted an app. Well, first, it was let me let me walk through the scenario here of, <laughs> of Mac OS development. So the first thing is you start off and you get frustrated and then things go okay and then You get frustrated and you're like, how do I package this thing? How how come this info P-list doesn't work? We're at the entitlements. I'm missing this thing. I'm missing that thing. Then you email Frank and you say, Frank, nothing is working. Help me please for the love of everything that's holy. And then like 30 minutes later, everything works just fine. And then you email Frank again. You say, Frank, oh, don't worry. I got it all working. (laughs) And uh, then you submit it to the app store and then you get rejected. That's what happens.
1: Yeah, uh, that sounds about accurate. Yeah, that tracks to my story, except I didn't have a Frank to email. I just kind of sent it to myself. I'm like, hey, does this look okay? Nope. uh it's kind of depressing um anytime you're submitting to a new app store for the first time i think i've done this a few times myself um i pretty much always miss the mark on my first submittal there's always something i forgot to do i think on the windows ones it was always like something about age and ratings or something Mm. like that i always forget to do On Mac, uh, it can be a million things because it's a sandboxed app, just like on iOS. So as you said, there's entitlements, there's signing, there's the human interface guidelines, which they really test through, and they really click every button in the app.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and before we get to why and how things were rejected, (laughs) I think it's probably good to go to the beginning of what I was building, okay? And, And am I really a Mac developer? Well... I have submitted a Mac app to the app store, but it's about as beautiful as my WPF version of my streamer application. So uh, when I do a picture,
1: are we talking gorgeous here or are we talking, are you kind of, kind of
0: not doing too much UI design work here? Uh, uh, Baseline controls that are inside the box. So, (laughs) okay.
1: Uh, now, did you say forms controls or are these native controls? I, and by native, I mean, are you using AppKit?
0: Oh, yeah. So the thing is, I could totally use AppKit, but then I didn't. So <laughs> uh, so I have an app that's called My Stream Timer. I built it with .NET Core 3 and WPF. We talked about kind of the MSIX world and me zipping it up. Put that onto the Windows Store. And naturally, I wanted to then port that to Mac because I have a lot of friends that use Mac. And... Uh, I thought it would be a fun little project. The app itself is not very complicated. There's a few tabs where you can have different counters that go up and down, a few text entries, a checkbox, a few buttons, Frank. Nothing complicated.
1: Yeah, I would call this a classic forms control. These were my favorite kind of apps to write in, like even VB by itself. You just drag some buttons over, a few text boxes, some labels, and you're like, that's an app, single page app kind of, <laughs> but I guess you have tabs, so multi-page, but kind of single yeah. page.
0: And the most important part of the application was that it writes some stuff to disk and also that you can launch the application via URL protocols. So you could automatically mm-hmm. launch the app via command line or stream deck in, in my in my world, this little, little cool little desktop yeah. thing where I press a button and it does stuff.
1: Is that because that's how, if I remember, this is all for a kind of a Twitch add-in. Is that because that's how Twitch works and it likes to use URLs? Or is that just in general, um, do you think society has moved towards using URLs for inter-app execution and that kind of stuff?
0: You know, it should. To- I first thought about, well, I'll just make it so it's some command line arguments that you pass to the XE or to the Unix app xc or if there is one mm. on, on mac <laughs> it's and there. Yeah. <laughs> it's there so i th- figured you could do that i think in this day and age though people aren't going to necessarily know where that thing lives yeah I, I i
1: fear the idea of command line apps especially to the general public because unless it has an icon and lives in the applications folder on the mac or if it's on the mac store I don't think anyone's, you're, you're not going to get traction outside of a programmer community. Um, as, but yeah, command line. That's totally a programmer thing. No one else wants to use the command line.
0: Yeah. So I figure, you know, well, why not just have some very simple um, URL protocols where you can pass it some things to auto start. Bingo, bango, you're good. So the app yeah. was really nice. I used WPF because I wanted to bundle it all up and get it in there. I could have used UWP or Xamarin Forms even for it. But I wanted some fancier controls. I don't know what I was thinking in my mind, but I did it, Frank. (laughs) It happened. So naturally, I went to Mac. And to get to your question, I decided to use the preview unreleased, hasn't been updated in a little bit of time, Xamarin Forms version of Mac OS support. That's what I did.
1: I find this completely hilarious. So what you're saying is (laughs) you started out on Windows and went full, I'm just going to use the native API, not a cross-platform API. Then you came over to Mac and said, well, I didn't like that decision or I don't know AppKit well enough, and I'm guessing that's more likely the truth, and said, I'm going to use a cross-platform toolkit (laughs) to write the Mac version. Now, I can't disagree with this, though, because the repercussions are you can have Android and iOS versions very easily after this but i do find it kind of hilarious that you went for a native api not controls we can we've had that discussion api on windows but not on mac is that because you don't know appkit
0: it is because i don't know appkit and storyboard scare me
1: They're not so bad. Um, Just as a general overview to demystify AppKit, it is a standard UI library. There's buttons, there's checkboxes, there are views, there's a hierarchy, you add them to parents, you can position them with frames. It's really not that complex, especially if you've done iOS programming in the past. But I get it. Um, A big tool like Xcode and storyboards are quite intimidating. I think it took me a full year of using Xcode before I knew what the heck I was doing inside there. So I can understand that.
0: Yeah. One of the nice things about this application is that I went into it knowing that I may bring it cross-platform. So what I did is I had separate UI libraries and business logic libraries. So the application as of today does have a WPF head, but about 90% of the code if not more is in a .NET standard library, which all of the business logic, all the countdown timers, all the writing to disk essentially is inside of that .NET standard library. So when I brought this over to Mac, I only needed to port uh, for all intensive purposes the UI and the protocol handler. And Mm -hmm. that was it because everything else was going to call into the.net standard library. And in my mind, since I had already created the WPF application in XAML, I was hoping that it wouldn't take that long to port. And I was correct. It only maybe took a half an hour to port the UI itself over because the text box is just a label. You just kind of replace a few things. Very simplistic. and the main controls are a little bit different like there is no checkbox currently so i just added a switch which on mac happens to be a checkbox which is kind of funny but uh you know i i added those some of those things in there automatically um on on the on the the mac version in the port so overall it was okay um in my ui decision i think
1: yeah um it sounds like you did pretty much The thing that we're all doing these days is, in the very least, we're separating out our UI labors, UI layers from our model layers. Um, And for an app like this, obviously, that was a little bit of foresight or you knew where you were going. You knew you didn't want to commit to WPF, but it can be a little bit uh, tricky because I imagine the business logic of this app honestly can't be too big. You know, We're not talking 10,000 lines or 20,000 lines here. And so with these kinds of apps, I tend to see um, the UI layer itself have more code to it, or at least more design files and such than the actual business layer, the app. And actually I, I think a lot about these kinds of apps because I wish I wrote more of them. <laughs> um, I think it'd be fun to just have a quicker UI um, turnaround like that. All that to say is it was nice to hear that you said uh, you could reuse a good chunk of it. And I'm assuming that you're throwing your view models kind of into that uh, chunk of .NET standard code, because I imagine those translate pretty much directly from WPF to Xamarin Forms. Am I right?
0: Yeah, correct. So everything that's in here, I have some constants. I have user preferences, like when you set how much time you want or if you want to auto start, those are all stored using my settings plugin. I have some utilities that parse the command line. So it's the same command line arguments that get passed to not command line, but protocol handlers. Unfortunately on Windows and Mac, they're exactly the same. So uh, you there's common parsing there. And then I just have a simple timer view model and about view model that, that handle all the, the fancy schmancy stuff there. And I have some infrastructure helpers. But in general, I would say, the entire app is less than a thousand lines of code. I mean, the main view model, which is the timer one is 260. So, yeah. you know, it's not doing much. <laughs> Luckily our good friend file system.io handles all the, the, the file access, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, <laughs> bes- besides that, uh, it was pretty straightforward until okay, I but- started to go ahead. Yeah, well, you were going right into it. I was about to say, but James, it's never that easy.
1: I want to hear. I want to hear the bad parts now. Tell me what was the hardest part. So you hit File, New Project, or Add to Solution, some new Mac project. Where did you go from there? Was it stumbling from there? Was it easy from there? Tell us a story.
0: Well, so here's the fun part about the latest versions of Visual Studio and Xcode, is that to get them, you're going to need to upgrade your system to Mojave uh, or else <laughs> you can't get Xcode 12 So or 10 or whatever yeah, it is. Apple, they're, they're pretty bad about that. I don't know if that's a
1: new thing. I don't feel like they used to push us that hard. Now, as a Mac developer, I do update my OS, so I've kept up. But I feel like it's kind of new that they're pushing us forward so fast as I previ- developers.
0: I previously had Xcode 10.1 on my previous version <laughs> and to get 10.2. No, 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 no. You got to get Mojave. So I got Mojave. This is a whole overnight experience. Like I got Mojave. I got um, Xcode, you know, 10.21, all this stuff set up and you know, everything was working pretty good. I mean, I feel as if my app was starting to come together and I ported the UI. So I'm gonna do one tab at a time, bring it over to see how it mm-hmm, works. Mm-hmm. And when I set up my Mac, I put it in dark mode. I don't do that often, but I think that the Mojave dark mode is very beautiful. So I did it. It is.
1: Let's take a moment. (laughs) Um, Because usually I try things just for their novelty, as in, it's a new feature. Let's try it out. Um, And normally, I think we did whole episodes on how you and I don't like to change the defaults. But man, the Mojave dark theme has totally trapped me, and I'm stuck in it now forever. So I'm glad that you gave that a shot before you opened your app.
0: Yeah, I... I I have it. I had it all running. It was great, and then I went to run the app, and <laughs> just nothing was really showing up. Like the text on the buttons weren't showing up. The um, the entry wasn't really showing up. I, the theme colors weren't showing up. And I'm like, what is <laughs> what's going on here? And luckily, I, I was doing this live, and I had a thirty plus year mac os developer in the chat room assisting nice. me a little bit here
1: nice see i can't even guess i'm trying to guess what was going on i've done dark mode ports for two of my apps and generally the way it works is as long as you're using the newest sdk the operating system will kind of opt you in and if the user's in dark mode all of a sudden your controls paint in dark mode your menus in dark mode um any ns color you use will correctly reflect dark mode Uh, so the question here is does xamarin forms (laughs) support dark mode and so i'm guessing you are running into some compatibility issues
0: that is that is the that is the answer the the answer to you is well the xamarin form stuff hadn't been updated nor would i expect it to be since it hasn't been updated in a bit to use the mojave dark theme fully compatibleness I, i assume that it needs to be recompiled against the latest SDK for it to work. That's my assumption. Maybe there's some opt-in things, or maybe they're applying some default styles, but some things did work. So the tab bar, which is a segmented control, which is kind of silly, but it works. Mm-hmm. Um, that was properly themed. The labels seemed to work okay. The button outlines worked, but you know, not everything showed up. So what I had to do <laughs> is I had to go in and say, you know what, for this app, we're just going to go ahead and turn on NS requires aqua system pro- appearance to true and uh, force it into old school mode. So that's
1: what uh, I'm wah, wah, sad, sad. Yeah. yeah so uh, there's not too much you can do here because it takes quite a bit of code. Um, Xamarin forms renders to run on a new platform like iOS, like Android, basically every control needs to be specifically implemented for the platform. And when this change happened, um, it, It's one of those changes where if you were all in on AppKit and your code was 100% AppKit and you followed the API perfectly, technically you wouldn't have to do any work and your app would magically turn dark mode but the truth is we all cheat here and there and especially (laughs) especially the xamarin forms renderers cheat here and there because they want to optimize speed and you know optimize for these other things and it worked fine before when aqua was the only mode and light aqua was the only mode uh so it, it caught us all for it took us all for a loop um i had to both iCircuit and Calca, it took me days of figuring out exactly how to do it. And even then, I had to put in a few hacks where I specifically detect if the user changes the system. Um, so that's all to say, like you, I kind of understand why Forms doesn't support it out of the box.
0: Too bad. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's too bad. I mean, they probably could. And, you know, who knows with marzipan what will, will happen in the future. But, you know, I went into this you know, people had asked me like, well, what's the status of it? What's, you know, what's this? I'm like, well, I'm not specifically on the team, but I'm very close to the team. And, you know, there's real priorities on iOS and Android and, and, and also on Windows, the UWP layer. And Mac has always been in preview. So I went into this, Frank, knowing all full and well that I might have to throw away my entire work, because what if the controls are missing? They're not implemented. You know, there's some catastrophic, thing where I can't get around, like, what if this is a complete stopper? But luckily on the Apple developer portal, they have this workaround that says, if you need to turn off, you know, automatic switching between dark mode for a short amount of time, we will allow (laughs) you to do that. You know, they're really, you know, going to push it hard, but I go, you know, at least at this level, even if I had to rewrite my UI, I know that all the business logic works, all the other bits and pieces fell in place and I could probably rewrite the UI. But see, I'm but it okay. wouldn't even it won't even come to that, James.
1: Because in some ways, at its basest level, Xamarin Forms is kind of just an architecture for laying out UI controls. At any point, you can override a renderer and use your own renderers. And so if the current renderer is not picking up on dark mode properly, guess what? In about 50 lines of code, you can write a new renderer. They're not that complicated, to be thoroughly honest. And at that point, you're still benefiting from iOS and it functioning on Android. And so I think that's kind of a nice fallout of the design of Xamarin Forms is that at its basis level, at its, you could call it the .NET standard level, it's just an architecture for UI controls and how to lay them out on pages. It's very basic at that level. It's just the renderers that add usefulness.
0: Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I really only use four controls in the entire exactly. application. So <laughs> exactly. even if I had to go down that route, it, it, like my application is so simple. It is literally labels, entries, a checkbox and a button. Like that's the entirety of the entire thing. So. Yeah.
1: Well, it's too bad that doesn't render well well. Nice though, because those are pretty basic controls. <laughs> but what can you do? Uh, it's open source. We should all be contributing.
0: Maybe yeah, you now, should do a hackathon. You, you should. Now, I will say this, though. Now, once I turn that flag on inside of my info P list, everything worked just fine. Everything was great again. Mm-hmm. So all my every, all my UI lit up. Everything was gravy. I started to, you know, rev. I added all the other tabs. Everything was great, Frank. Like it, it, it it's not the most beautiful application, but it doesn't <laughs> need to be, Frank. It doesn't need to be because it needs to do what? one thing and one thing well, which is count down and count up. So two things. It needs to do two things and do them well, and that and it does it well and it worked. Like all the code, all the business logic, Frank. Everything worked uh, inside the app, so I was very, very happy.
1: And we should be clear, it's only not pretty because you're being lazy. You could make it pretty if you actually wanted to.
0: I did add some styles. I'm calling I, you out,
1: James. <laughs> I,
0: I made it look halfway a little bit better. I added some rounded corners in there. Okay. I, I, I only have a really low
1: resolution screenshot of it, so I really don't know how to judge this app. It's some um, blurry labels with some bur- blurry text boxes next to them. That's all I can tell.
0: That sounds about that. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get you a yeah. full okay. full screenshot. But so we got a working app. You're
1: convinced this thing's going to make me a billion dollars. I got to release it now before my competition gets on to me. Uh, we have done full rounds of beta testing. Had all my friends. They verified that it's okay. You did all that right.
0: Well, so there's a few things with this. So as I'm getting farther into app development process, there's A few things that I wanted to do, which is why I ended up pinging you, trying to get some help, which is what I found during macOS development is there doesn't seem to be a lot of help on the Internet. No. Um, Yeah, because all the people
1: who cut their teeth on AppKit... Did it in an era when the internet was much smaller than it is. When we didn't have the social networks. When we didn't have Stack Exchange. Yeah, is that what it's called? <laughs> stack Overflow. You know. Stack what I Overflow. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, We just didn't have these things. And so literally you had to go to books. And I remember when I was starting out on iOS, I actually bought Mac books because even the iOS books at the time, this was like the first year that you could program it. They weren't good. (laughs) They would like tell you the API, but they wouldn't tell you how you're meant to use it. Uh, AppKit and to some degree, um, UI kit are opinionated. They have a way they want you to be writing apps. And a lot of that is um, not it's written down in books. That's the unfortunate thing. And it's in old blogs and old parts of the Internet, not in the new parts of the Internet. So it's just harder information to find. So I totally feel you there.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty tricky. The The hardest part of this app was the protocol handler to open it up and you, there's a lot of similarities between iOS and macOS, so I felt really comfortable coming into the macOS um, project because it had an info P-list, an entitlements P-list, it had a main, it had an app delegate, it had view controllers, had the storyboard. So coming from that world, that felt relatively the same and okay to me, even to the point where you, when you go into the app delegate, it's called did finish launching, and yeah the same thing you know and i was it's
1: it's eerily similar to ios if you've done any ios programming you're going to feel very comfortable in AppKit. i once heard a friend describe uh ui kit as AppKit version 2 as in we're going to fix a few little mistakes we made uh i'm looking at you nsl you are a terrible api
0: <laughs> well i had to get down into the ns apple event manager api i don't know if you're familiar with that at all no. Um, and the, f- uh, the sad thing is
1: a lot of these ios kind of features have just been kind of bolted on to AppKit. Mm-hmm. So AppKit is a gorgeous, beautiful architecture. And that means that you can definitely see the parts that were just kind of glued on, <laughs> like little disgusting warts growing off of its side. And I imagine this is one of those things.
0: Yeah, this is some of those, you know, I have the open, I, you know, there's a few things. You want to open the app with the URL, but you also want to get that, If someone calls that again with your app open, you're going to get that notification again. So I started Mm -hmm. to research protocol handlers, and the problem is that since iOS and macOS are very similar, you end up finding iOS documentation, even when you're trying to Google macOS documentation, and you find stack overflows for iOS that don't apply to macOS, or they're similar, but a little different. And then you need to attempt to decompile that Objective-C code into C Sharp, or just hope just pray <laughs> that Chris Hammonds has gone and written a, a, a forum post somewhere describing on how to do this. So this was the most tedious part, actually. Um, Can I give you a pro
1: tip here? Pro tip. Um, Apple has really great sample applications. And by really great, I mean they basically build full applications. Mm. And so if they want to show off a part of the API, they're like, go look at our drawing app, (laughs) Sample. And I mean, (laughs) Sample in scare quotes here, because they're not isolated samples. It's a very large app with a lot of code that does a lot of things. Now, James, the nice thing is a lot of those samples have been ported over to Xamarin Mac. Um, The team does this to make sure that they're covering all the APIs and that everything works the way it should. So if you go around and look for um, Xamarin Mac samples, that's usually a great place uh, to see how things poured over.
0: No, that's a good idea. I never really thought of that. Um, Yeah, I I ended up finding a lot of hidden sort of... forum posts from a long time ago that ended up helping me out. But this is a really crazy one, crazy one, because you have to create selectors and you have to export um, specific methods. And then even in Objective-C, people are like, this is really hard. Like, you got to you got (laughs) to magically know how to get this, you know, keyword out of this direct object thing and pass these things. It's it's crazy. It's a very ugly, even Objective-C API. But I got it working, Frank. I got it all working and you are right i went through very stringent testing aka me myself on my mac and it totally worked and i was ready to ship to the app store that (laughs) night and i did i did it oh yeah works on my machine ready to go reminds me of my early
1: days james it's bringing a tear to my eye that's right wonderful
0: i i opened up the info p list at minimum system version 10.10 why not who cares because I didn't look up which APIs do what. Now, uh, this is a nice thing is uh, when
1: you set that and you do a full build with warnings set to errors, uh, usually the APIs are documented well enough in Xamarin would, where it'll yell at you if you're using a new API on an old version. I'm sure you ignored those warnings because no one looks at warnings.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, t- I totally looked at it. It totally happened. Uh okay. And plus, I was using very minimally. I used the clipboard. I used system I used this protocol handler. So I, I picked this out. Things were good. And you know, I went into my Apple provisioning portal. like one does. the so first, I'm like, we got auto provisioning, Ooh, right? Nope. That's not a thing that happens. <laughs> no. <laughs> um not for Mac. Uh, nope. nope, iOS only. And even
1: worse on Mac, you know, all your problems on iOS getting a good certificate. You got to do that twice on Mac. Not only do you have to sign the app, but you sign the installer separately
0: from the app. Two certificates, James. How much fun is this? Let me tell you, this was the most complicated thing ever. I'm, I'm so confused. So wait, I, wait, wait. I got to ask first. First question, sir. Sir,
1: um, did you end up by the end of all this installing a dev provisioning profile on your own Mac? That is correct. Okay, I just had to know where we were going with this one. But please start us in the beginning. So you you've never done this before, you went to the you went to the tool.
0: I went to the tool. I went to the documentation, which definitely told you how to create some provisioning profiles and get things running. So I did the I did the things that I knew I was going to need to do. Create an application ID. Did that. That seems pretty easy. Easy. You got to make sure you hit the macOS drop down or else it doesn't show up by the way. <laughs> in Perfect. the beautiful Beautifully updated certificates, identifiers, and profiles portal. And uh, so then what I had to do is I created a developer ID application, a developer ID installer, a Mac developer certificate, a Mac app distribution certificate. And a Mac installer distribution certificate. Five certificates, Frank. You did
1: not have to do all of that. So let me first explain to you developer ID versus Mac App Store. (laughs) Yep. So confused. Ready? Yeah. Okay. So for the Mac App Store, you need two of those. Let's be clear there. But let's talk about the first ones you mentioned, the developer ID ones. This is a program where Apple wants you signing your Mac apps, whether you distribute them on the App Store or not. So even if you're just gonna pop it up on your website and sell it your own way, distribute it your own way, they still want it to be signed to a registered developer ID. This is very similar to what we're talking about on the Windows side, where Microsoft wants you to go buy this very expensive certificate from this terrible mafia-run syndicate (laughs) that is just extorting money out of developers. That's Microsoft's solution. Apple's solution is register with us, and we'll sign your app. Mm. It's a different tact to kind of the same problem. Some people don't like the Apple way because it's um, a singular entity that we all have to bow down to to release apps. But others of us um, are just like, whatevs, I don't want to give my money to VeriSign. So it's fine. Right, so that's the developer ID program. That is completely independent of the Mac App Store. If you want the Mac App Store, you need, just like on iOS, a distribution certificate, and then one other called um, the installer certificate. Now, to develop for the Mac, you also need a developer certificate. So that's what brings us up to five. You have two to distribute the app, two to distribute the app on your own one left
0: just to develop the thing so the hardest one surprisingly was trying to figure out how to sign this application because i did create the correct mac app store provisioning uh, profiles the certs i have all the certs under the over the over the moon and then i go into mac signing into the options and i see sign the app bundle i right, do that and then i see this sign the installer package and i'm like <laughs> what is that thing? And <laughs> uh, and I read the little, little help me, and it's like, this is what you said. And I try to find documents. I'm like, how do I create this thing? I could not figure it out, Frank. It. I was puzzled for an hour and a half. So I said, well, maybe I don't need it. So then here's where the fun happens, okay? So I sign the yep. app. Um, James, this is all fun for me, just to be clear. Oh, it was fun in quotes for me, too. So I sign the app bundle and I'm like, okay, well, now I'm going to distribute this. So I go and I go into the archive manager and the archive manager is there. And it's like, cool, sign and distribute, go to the app store. I'm so excited, right? I'm like, let's do this. Like yeah. CI, CD, I don't care. Let's just do it right here, baby. Like right from the right from the thing. So I go mm-hmm. in and it's like, cool, pick your identity, pick your provisioning profile, pick your installer ID thingy. And I was like, I don't got that. I was like, how do I create it? (laughs) So then I was like, okay, well, I'll just take the app and I'll open the application loader. I already signed it. And I go to sign into my application loader and Apple's all like, nope, we changed everything. You need to turn on, you need to turn on a app specific password. So I go, I go get my app specific password. I go to log into the application loader. And it just sits there. It won't sign me in. And I'm like Googling nonstop for half an hour. I find out it's because my Gmail account is associated with both my personal one and an enterprise one. And they say, sorry, you can't use that anymore to log into the application loader. Go create a new Apple ID. So I go create another Apple ID. Yeah, it's brand new. new hotness.
1: Mm -hmm. stop here because this is wholly new to me this is very unfortunate because you kind of just recited my nightmare in that I would lose control of my Apple ID because I do not thoroughly understand I'll be honest here how Apple associates sales of my app with giving me money. (laughs) And I'm always afraid that that little critical link is going to get destroyed somehow. So the moment you say something like, I made a new app ID, I'm like, well, there goes all my money. I'm I'm impoverished now. So (laughs) So you you just kind of scared me. But was it as bad as it sounds?
0: No, no, no. So you create another app ID and what you do then is you invite that app ID to your account and you say, this has app permission to create teams, new app team. teams. Yeah, right. Gotcha. Good. So then Good. I go back to the application loader. I entered that credential. Everything's happy. I'm ready to upload. Um, and, and then it says, hey, you haven't signed this thing. And I'm like, oh, how do I create this thing? It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, this isn't done yet. So someone goes, you know what you can do? You can skip the application loader and you can do it through the organizer. And I was like, of course, Apple has a thousand ways to ship this thing to the app. Or I'll go to the Xcode <laughs> organizer, which is a lovely okay, and- piece of software. So let's be clear
1: why this is even working. It's because you did go through the step of archiving your app. And the neat thing here is in um, Visual Studio, that actually puts it where Xcode expects it to be. So it builds the app and copies it to this kind of central repository on your computer. And that's why Xcode now has access to it. And Xcode can re-sign it. It can do fancy things to it. Yes. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So I go through the preparing archive. It goes into fetching app store data and it says, do you want to upload stuff? And it says, pick your distribution certificate, select your, you know, install thing, which doesn't exist yet. Select your profile. I select everything, but of course I don't have the distribution installer. luckily not james haven't you gotten the
1: hint yet like just go get the cert but is this just because it's not documented at all like it's
0: still just a big mystery i couldn't figure out what checkbox to check like i didn't know (laughs) i don't know how to do it i'm in here right now yeah i don't see mac installer distribution anywhere in here i'm puzzled so luckily when you do this through the archive manager you say, let me manage it. And then there is a plus button to create a new Mac installer solar distribution for you on your machine. And boom, it all happened. It cre- Xcode <laughs> created it for me. Bingo, bango. Everything is good. And I ship it to the App Store and I'm waiting for review. Woo,
1: congratulations. Now, I'm a little bit sad you weren't able to do it all on the Xamarin side. But I'm excited that you did get your first Mac out there. You're waiting for review.
0: Uh any guess to how this review is going to go, James? Well, good thing, because we just got an email right before the podcast started recording <laughs> that I failed certification. All
1: right. You failed your review. Wah, wah. And I hate to say it, but when you told me that, it's like, oh, that's great for the show. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> good work, James. You so failed. tell us,
1: James. But you're helping the show. You took one for the team. So we're all going to learn an important lesson today, because I was telling you that every I said even on the show, every time you submit to a new app store, you're going to mess something up. So if we go through whatever you messed up, then everyone's going to learn and we'll all get denied for different reasons.
0: (laughs) Yes. So I didn't read. So here's the problem. I did. I did. I did all the things that I tell people not to do. So, aka, (laughs) I didn't do the things that I'm supposed to do. Okay. Which is, you know, read about icons and read about distributing your app and learn about provisioning. I didn't read the documentation because I just didn't want to do it. Frank, I was just being lazy. Um, well, you know, I think there's something to be
1: said for lazy. Um, in my UIs, I, that you should always make your UIs work for the laziest person. So, I think that there should have just been a giant green button, and as long as you click that green button long enough, I think the right <laughs> things just should have happened. So, I'm actually going to defend you here, James. I think you shouldn't have had to read the manual. No one reads the manual.
0: Nice. Well, I am happy because, um, so far, what I can see is that I may be okay so uh i didn't break it to us what'd you do so i broke two guidelines from apple so specifically 2.1 which is performance or so they say i don't know what that means Uh oh
1: Um, okay
0: you know i like talking about performance though so we'll have to dig into that so it says it says we yeah we found one or more bug this is the performance which doesn't really seem like performance but says when we reviewed your mac on uh, your Mac app running Mac OS 1014.3. Hmm, fancy. Hmm. Specifically, it receives an error when selecting print or help.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's not performance. Uh, I know what you did here, James. Okay. For everyone out there, here's a little trouble with File New with Mac apps. By default, Mac apps have giant filled out new uh, menus, your main menu bar. Yes, I see <laughs> so this. So unlike um, in a WinForms app, you hit File New and you add a main menu to it, it's blank. The opposite happens on Mac. It has pretty much everything you could possibly need in it. And your job as a developer usually is to actually just go through every one of those and go delete all the commands that you don't feel like implementing. Otherwise, you got to go through and implement all those. And I don't think your app needs printing support, James. Do you?
0: I don't believe so. Now, I will say when I say my stream timer help, it does say that help isn't available. So that's pretty good um <laughs> is that helpful i don't know you're gonna have to read
1: the human interface guidelines for that one.
0: so i have like I, i'm I'm on my app and i have like font and there's like all sorts of stuff baseline show colors uh yeah. did i delete well, everything i'm so confused this seems to be no, the only issue no. by the way so
1: Right. So let's, let's go this through this kind of menu by menu, and we'll do this quickly so everyone's entertained. The file menu, we all know, is where you open documents, close documents, exit the app, save things, and print things. If your app doesn't do those, yes, get rid of all that stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's easy. The edit menu is actually a little bit trickier because the way Mac works and the way um, commands are bound and everything, when you are editing in, say, a text box, And you want to hit Command-A to select all the text. That can be handled by the responder system, and that's reflected in the menu. So you don't want to delete those menu options, even though you're not going to implement, say, delete for yourself. You want to have delete there for the edit boxes. Mm -hmm. So in general, what I'm saying is you can leave the edit menu alone. Just don't touch it. Yeah. Then the the format and view menus, those are 100% app-dependent. So you can just delete those puppies if you don't want to implement anything in them, or add some actual functionality, because this is where you can also do hotkey binding in Uh Mac. So if you want to have a global key combination, activate a command. This is where you would do it in the menu. Then the window menu, basically don't have to touch that one. The help menu, you should refine for your app. And then the last menu, and it's actually the first. It's the one (laughs) farthest to the left is your app menu. And that's where you have to make sure that you give a good app name and like the quit menu says the right thing and you have preferences or you don't have preferences. So it's really just house cleaning you
0: have to do. Got it. No, this makes sense. Yeah. It has a bad name. It's my stream timer, all one word. I don't think that's correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do see some stuff. They, they seem to also have an issue that under file you could hit close and then it goes away but you can't bring it back so they did not like that um and- oh you have to fix that yeah there are very specific ways windows are supposed to behave
1: on mac you don't mess with that <laughs> yeah
0: but i guess if i'm going to delete the file menu right i could just get rid of that and then i can't close it don't delete the file
1: it. no no you'd never delete the file menu oh. it's always there yeah so just find something you can put on there because you'll have close on there at least command w Yeah. But then when your app gets focused back and that'll be in your app delegate, you got to show that window again. Yeah. That's the thing.
0: See, this is yeah. the the part of a windowed graphical user interface on a desktop that varies from a mobile device. Like, I think that we just don't. Yes. There's no menu system, which is so helpful. And like, I don't need a menu system. It's a go away menu system. But. Well. It's menus and it's windows. It's both
1: of those things. They just don't exist on the on mobile.
0: Yeah, and I'm happy for that. And that's why I'm a mobile developer first. But I will say, Frank, hopefully by next week when we record, I will have my first Mac app in the Mac App Store. And you, too, can do it. I feel like anyone can be a Mac developer, even doing what I did. And this is a fully open source app, so people can take a look at it, which I think is cool. And, Frank, you can go make my app look better if you really want to.
1: Mm, i think i'll spend time on my apps oh. i'm not very giving
0: yeah. <laughs> okay
1: maybe i'll help you james
0: <laughs> okay. well that's my mac os story that's my mac os story what do you think
1: that's awesome usually i'm the mac person so it's great that i got to pick your brain and see which parts are easy and hard i have to fully admit i love app kit i think mac programming is wonderful it's still not as good as visual basic was back in the day mm. but it's it's about as good as life gets. There's just so much built in. If you take the time to learn it, there are so many controls. It's an ancient operating system at this point.
0: (laughs) I really, I I may think about redoing it in V2, right? Maybe V2 is uh, (laughs) a storyboard action. I mean, it wouldn't be that bad. And I already have the UI done. I just decide if I want to use it or not. And so we'll kind of see how it goes, but I'm hoping just to get it out there. I'm, I'm happy that all the things worked, you know, it's like, Oh, our protocol handler is going to work. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about Mac and sure enough, they do. (laughs) And, and luckily 95% of the protocol handler part came over from my, my iOS knowledge. So I felt really good developing this app. And I, I think if you were coming over from a desktop development, like a WPF using the Xamarin form stuff in this compatibility shim that I put it in, was actually surprisingly pleasant. And I think even designing it in the storyboard designer would have been pleasant too. And because all the code, the code behind the same. And I compiled the app and it's only like five megs. And I was like, that's crazy. You know, there's like no images, but wow, it was amazing. It's, and, I, and I have, a, it's a, a mind boggling, Frank. Here's the, um, <laughs> I, in two hours, now enabled all of my Mac OS friends to be able to use this application. And that's just mind blowing to me. That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, when, when you put it that way, because I can't wait to give you, I assume this app's going to cost about $100 when I give you the $100 free. <laughs> Now, I will say um, um, the one downside of AppKit is it doesn't have XAML-like bindings, so your view models won't come in super easy. But we should talk about it, or we could even do a whole episode, because there is a way that you can make your view models show up in storyboards and do binding with just drag and drop and make it really easy on yourself. But Ooh. we'll save that for another time, I guess.
0: I like that. Well, if anyone else has a Mac OS story, let me know. There's quite a few people in the stream that were very interested in doing Mac OS development. And you know what? I am now too. I mean, I, mm. I use my Mac. It's sitting right here. And, and I know Frank builds beautiful, lovely Mac applications. And maybe I want to build those Mac applications and make them run everywhere. So if you're doing it right into the show, go to MergeConflict.fm or hit us up on Twitter at MergeConflict.fm. That's literally everywhere we're at i'm at james montemagno he's at Proclerum on twitter write us there show us your fancy mac application uh and then ping david or now and be like yeah i'm really building mac apps with xamarin and then you let mm-hmm. him know and that'd be pretty great yeah and we'll see how it goes yeah sounds fun xamarin forms on the mac done <laughs> it's a thing to so send those prs frank make it happen but i think that's going to do it for this week's merge conflict until next time i'm james montemagno And I'm Frank Kruger. Thanks for listening. Peace.